Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another edition of This Week in the Bush League, hosted by the Chief and the Champ. I'm the Chief, and I think cellophane, rap, and Excedrin are hooked into each other. <laughs> well, that should be good to hear about. And I am the Champ, and I just want everybody to know that what I lacked in empathy in 2020, I hope to make up for it with apathy in 2021. I love that word, apathy. <laughs> That's where every person strives to be at some point in their life, right? Well, you know, the I guess the quote a lot of people use is whatever. I mean, that's, uh, you know, a play on being apathetic. Yep. Yeah. So that's your responses to a lot of a lot of stuff coming up this year? Uh, whatever. Uh, I, I, I think so. Outside yeah. of the Bush League, yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, I get it. I, well, I'm going to join you in with well, that. What's going on? What's the connection with, would you say cellophane? Cellophane and- rap. Yeah. You know, you know, cellophane. You know, when yeah. you wrap up a left. I hate over. it. Yeah, that's why. Stuff always gets twisted. It's it's ridiculous. Right, and afterwards you take two Excedrin because you got a friggin' headache. <laughs> <with this. laughs> if you have cellophane in your house, you better have Excedrin because you're gonna get you're gonna get annoyed and get a headache. You're gonna get a stress headache. Yeah. You know what? The stuff is miserable. Somehow they have to have cellophane that could be as easy to maneuver as uh, tinfoil, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think after all these years, we have not improved on that at all. Not, it, it, there's been no improvement in that product. I, I'm going to say that uh, the waste factor of cellophane for me is about 50% because uh, half the time I have to do it twice, right? And, you know, I, I usually get mad, ball it up, and throw it away. Yeah. And, you know, have to do another one. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't like it. We don't buy much of it. Yeah, we uh, Christy bought, uh, like, a roll of it a couple weeks ago that had, like, a a zip cutter where you... Yeah. You, yeah. But the zip cutter doesn't stay on the little box. So you have to... <laughs> it's like it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, if, if I'm the CEO, whatever company makes that, you have to get those engineers together and say, dude, what the... What is going on? If my wife <laughs> is yelling at me one more time about this cellophane that we make, you're all going to okay. be fired. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Well, you know what? Okay, we, we can start. Let's start a little file here, right? Because, um, you know, this is the age of cancel culture, which the Bush yes. League was, you know, we, we, we would ban bars, right? Ones we didn't like. So let's put this, let's put cellophane on a one-year ban. I'm not buying any for a year. And oh. that'll be the first product that we ban. Yeah. Cellophane's canceled. I agree okay. with you. All, All right. right, good. Hey, good. happy Valentine's Day to you. Yeah, you too. Uh, did you do anything special? You got anything? Um, you, did, did, did you get the video that I had sent to you? I um, did. It, it was a Jimmy Kimmel uh, video. Did you see that? I did. I liked it with the yeah. little box, with the little ring box, and it was the COVID vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> For your loved one. And I love the ending of that video. It said, available nowhere. <laughs> Or not available anywhere, I think is what it said. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was funny. I, I, I sent it to Christy. Um, yeah, so I, I think I don't know what we're gonna do tonight. We'll, we'll figure something out because um, we're watching the little guy this weekend. Okay. So, so yeah, watching a three-year-old doesn't leave a lot of downtime. Well, that takes you back to Valentine's Day past, didn't it? Back in the mid nineties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, what my Valentine gift was like. Hey, stay in bed. I'll, I'll deal with the three kids. Yeah. This morning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Getting up cereal and juice. All right. Um, 
So with Valentine's Day, we came up with a little special to talk about. Uh, we called it Alice Valentine Day, right? <laughs> yes. You did a little research on Alice Valentine. Uh, what'd you find out? Yeah. So you know, obviously, he's a player with the Expos. What in in the seventies? A, de- a decent outfielder, right? Uh, did he play right field? Um, he did. He he uh, played from seventy five to eighty three, and uh, yeah, he started with the Expos. Yep. Okay. Um, but but when I was looking in baseball reference, I don't know, somehow I got sidetracked or I remembered that Ellis Valentine actually a- appeared in an episode of uh, Fantasy Island. Do you remember that show? I do, rem- I, I do remember Fantasy Island. Um, okay. But I don't remember the Ellis Valentine episode. Well, oh, here, here, here's what I found was that he appeared in the episode along with Steve Garvey, not my padre, uh, George Brett, uh, Ken Brett, Tommy Lasorda. And uh, Fred uh, Fred Lynn, who who you met yeah, um, before, right. but in, in this episode, I guess Gary Berghoff plays an accountant. Then um, his fantasy was to be a major league baseball pitcher, and he strikes out Ellis Valentine. So um, it kind of parallels some of my fantasy island, right? Because an accountant wanted to play major league baseball. So there you go. Do you have a fantasy of being a major league baseball player, uh, pitcher? Uh, not pitcher. It was no. going to be a shortstop. You know, it was oh, going to yeah, be right. the Ozzie Smith of the Cardinals. Right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, it, it, so when you look at that group of, of players, that seems a little odd. Uh, I get the Steve Garvey, George Brett, Lasorda, maybe Lynn, right? Uh, but then you throw in Ken Brett and Ellis Valentine. They seem to be the odd people out. Yeah, you know what? I, I I don't think Ellis Valentine was ever that big of of, of, of a star. Um, and and Ken Brett, do you remember when George Brett first came up? Sorry, I'm going to diverge for a second here. When George Brett first came up, um, they were making fun of him because they said his brother Ken Brett, who was a pitcher, actually could hit better than him, and that was probably true in his first year. Yeah, uh, and uh, Ken Brett is always the it always sticks with me when I hear his name because the Phillies have always had the worst of the two brothers. Because <laughs> we had Ken Brett. Phillies had Ken Brett. Phillies had um, uh, Mike Maddox instead of Greg. Yeah, I was going to say Mike Maddox, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we had another one, uh, Bell. We had Juan Bell instead of George Bell. Well, we did have George Bell where we gave him up in the in – the, in the, in the, Yeah, the, I don't know if it was a trade or he – they picked him up. Yeah, there might have been a trade. Yeah, so we had George Bell at one time, and we gave him up as well. So, mm. yeah. Um, yeah, Gary Berghoff, and, 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 which brings me to another thing. And I, I've never seen this episode, but uh, you remember I told you we're watching Dallas, the TV yeah. show? And actors should not play, should not do anything athletic on camera if they can't. It, it's <laughs> I, I saw Patrick Duffy throw a football to his son. It was horrible. It was horrible, and I'm thinking, like, come on, th- th- get that off the air. Does that a- irritate well, you when you see that? Well, yeah, well, why is that? Because instantly, when, when I watch shows where people try and, like you said, do things athletically, and it, it, it just annoys me, and it, it, it just cancels the whole episode or show for me. Like, I'll see people throwing, like you said, throwing a baseball, and they don't step. You know, if you're right-handed, you step with your left foot. They just kind of stay flat-footed. And I'm like, who throws like that? What is that? 
Yeah, it's bad. It's bad when you when you have to see that. So, you know, we, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago about the Ellis Valentine uh, Day, but we, we never brought up Bobby Valentine in our conversation. Is that, <laughs> maybe Ellis Valentine's cooler? <laughs> what do you think about Bobby Valentine? Eh, yeah, I, I think he uh, – yeah, he's, he's probably a decent major league player. I mean, he was a first-round pick at Arizona State with the Dodgers and um, – I, th- I think his goal was to always get back to the Dodgers and manage the Dodgers. Um, it, ne- it never really worked out for him. In fact, he spent a couple years in the Japanese league managing before he, he really became big again. He managed Texas and then New York, and then he had that horrible year in Boston one year. Remember that? I think they lost 90 games that year. Um, yeah. He might have replaced Francona initially. Um but yeah, but, he, you know, I, was, I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent to Valentine. Well, I'm not a Met fan, so I – you know, I, I, and he had that thing where he, he uh, got kicked out of the game and came back in the dugout dressed in, like, a mustache and sunglasses. Remember that? Yeah, the, the, the fake nose and glasses. Yeah, yeah, he always will be considered a little bit quirky. Um, you know what I remember about him? Or I shouldn't say remember about him. Um, later, a- after he left baseball, do you know what he's doing now? No. He is the athletic director at Sacred Heart University, um, where oh. my daughter graduated. Wow. Okay. Was he? Yeah. He wasn't there when she was there, was he? Was he? Um, I, I think she had just completed uh, uh, her four years um, playing field hockey, and I think the next year um, Bobby Valentine came. But he, she, she actually worked on a project for him. She was a media um, production major. Yeah. And and actually did a video for for his restaurants. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Kind of cool. Um, but but you know what? I don't know if he ever paid her. So you know, there's still that. So that sounds. Like... <laughs> uh, he's he's hiding out with his uh, fake nose and glasses. Yeah, yeah. So hey. uh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was going to say. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about this this Valentine Day stuff. Uh, here's my question to you: Who who would be baseball's Cupid oh. on Valentine's Day? Baseball's. I I uh, I initially have to go with Don Zimmer. <laughs> he looks like Cupid, right? <laughs> How come I just get a picture of of oh my God, uh, Don Zimmer, the gerbil, you know, with a, with a Cupid, uh, and his, you know, the the, the bow in his hand, the yeah. gerbil looking, the the jowls. Oh my God, yeah, that's, get, that's great. Let me try to build you a picture: Don Zimmer naked with a bow and arrow. <laughs> <in his hand. laughs> but don't forget, he has to have the wings too. The wings. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. So there's a visual for you guys. Anyone listening, that'll 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 be a nice Monday morning visual when you hear that. <laughs> uh, other baseball news. Uh, Major League Baseball came out with uh, a proposal to delay the season 30 days with 154 game schedule. Uh, mixed in with the seven inning double headers and anything that any game that goes into extra innings, you know, start with a guy on second base and expanded playoffs. And um, the player association rejected that proposal. What, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I, I guess on the surface, I kind of liked it, like the idea, because I guess I was thinking of it from, from a safety standpoint, but, but then when I kind of peel back the covers a little bit, um, I don't know. I just think the owners are doing it for self-serving purposes. Um, I, I, I think that they took a, a financial bath 
last year by not having um, fans in the stands. And, and I think this is their attempt to hopefully get fans out there, right? I, I think the end of April is probably early to have fans out there, but it's certainly not going to happen by April 1st. And I, I just – everything they seem to do seems to be cloak and dagger, if you will. Um, you know, are, were they really concerned about the players or are they just trying to do this from a financial standpoint? I, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think about it? Well, I think I'm on the other side of the coin on that one. I think it was for a financial um, standpoint. I, I think it – I think they figured out the safety thing. I, I think after a, almost a complete count – you know, full year of – major league sports going on. Um, I, I think they've figured out the safety part of it. But I don't blame them with the, hey, can we wait 30 days until we can get fans in all these parks? Because a lot of the Northeast parks still still don't have fans. Um, it, it probably helps on the weather a little bit. It helps on the spring training games. It, it, maybe they'll push that back 30 days. And we can get some fans in there. I got no problem with it if it's a if it's a financial thing. I, I they're still offering 154 game schedule, so when you uh, prorate that as a salary, it's not too big of a hit for the players. I mean, um, no, yeah. So uh, if if the players rejected it because they want to start on time and have 162 games to get paid, and I'm not I'm not on board with that. I I, I think they need to give a little little give. Um, a little give on on owners took a big hit last year, and the players players made some money. I mean, it was only sixty games, but the owners didn't have to do anything. You know, they could have said, "Hey, this is too dangerous," because baseball started in the in the peak of this pandemic, right? And and I think that I think one hundred fifty four game schedule is fair, and and expanded playoffs. I I got no because baseball makes money off the TV with the expanded playoffs. So I, I got no problem with that. So, so just a counter to, to those points, you know, n- number one, um, you're trying to do 154 games in um, really uh, a five-month period, right? Because they were still planning to end the season uh, end of September. Yeah. And I, I think that puts a tremendous strain on, on, on a lot of players, um, particularly pitchers, right? Now, if the owners were to say, hey, we're willing to – if you're willing to, to do 154 game schedule in 154 days will expand rosters to 30 or 32 or something like that so so more players can get paid um that being number one and, and number two i think if the owners were to say <clears throat> we really we, we want expanded playoffs because that's where they can make their money right yeah. They, yeah. they can get more money for that if if they were willing to 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 share additional amounts of that with the players i think the players might be um, willing to do that but you know i don't think the owners want to do that and which is what we've been saying for the last year is that the cba at the end of this year is uh is headed for a disaster yeah and that playoff money i think there's some wiggle room i still got i still don't really have an issue with the owners trying to recoup losses from last year i I still don't have the issue with that uh, as long as the players are getting paid for, you know, for what they're doing. I mean, they get paid for a regular season. They don't necessarily get paid for a playoff. Um, yeah, and and if, if someone is – and, again, I'm not – this isn't my job, so this is outsider looking in. If someone's going to say, well, if you're not going to pay me for a playoff game, I'm not going to participate in the playoff game, thinking like, well, at some point it's beyond just money. 
Like you don't make any extra money for winning the World Series. You put it the the energy that you you put out is you don't get paid for to win a World Series. Like that money well, is not, not th- that's that's not quite true, right? I mean, there, there is a bonus for, for for teams that make make it into the playoffs. There there is there is revenue that's being shared to, to the players. I yeah. mean, that's not why the players do it. I, um, yeah, because if you if the player said, "Hey, do you want that hundred twenty thousand or do you want the ring?" I'm sure most players are going to say, "I want the ring." Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I agree, but but you know what what all leads up to this? I, I think what we're what we're kind of looking at in isolation, and but we're not looking at everything that the players and owners went through last yeah. year to yeah. get to that point. Yeah. And yeah. The, the the players don't need to make any concessions because they're just sticking to uh, the the, the uh, agreement that's already in place. And, and I think had the owners acted in a little bit better faith last year, the owners uh, the players may have been willing to to, to move a little bit on this, but. I think both head, both sides are are just headed to to a place where they're not going to reach agreements, and this is where we're going to be um, at the end of this year. Yeah, I I, uh, I I probably agree with you about the last year thing. I think if the owners would have gave in to the hundred games, maybe we wouldn't be looking at this situation. But you know, people. Uh, I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe we'd still be in the same spot. So um, yeah, uh, but I do think as a as a player, they kind of have to think through, like, you know, we struggled in, in a 60-game season uh, keeping our players in line, keeping your teammates in line not to break protocol. Over six months, you're dealing with 22, 23-year-olds. You know, I think if you can limit the months as much as possible, limit the time, then I think you have a better shot of getting through, uh, getting through a season. Because we've talked about it last year. You're, you're dealing with young adults, and they don't <laughs> – you know, that's who you're dealing with. So, well, uh, I'll play your side for uh, for a second too. I, I think that if you wait until the end of April, you may have you'll have a greater chance of having uh, players, uh, general public, um, vaccinated as yeah. well. Yeah, and that's what I think. Maybe the owners are looking at. You know, they'll take a hit in April, May, but maybe June it'll expand a little more. July, August, and then maybe they can have playoffs in their own in their own facilities, in their own venues instead of going on the road. But hopefully um, – I, I didn't see a counterproposal. Did you? By the, no, I, I, I think the players just rejected it, and they're not, I don't think they plan on, on, on a counter at this point anyway. Okay. I mean, who knows once spring's training starts and, you know, if, if there's more flare-ups with, uh, with, with COVID, um, maybe, maybe that changes their point of view. Yeah, and uh, I did see the Phillies put um, tickets on sale for spring training games. Yeah, I think well, it's twenty two hundred tickets on sale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's in Florida, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know if I'd purchase those. I think I'd I'd walk up to the gate and get those when I go. Um, and then we had some uh, transactions in the past couple of weeks. Uh, I think probably the biggest was Trevor Bauer on a three year deal. Uh, you, you, uh, Dodgers overpaid on him. I'm asking. Yeah, certainly they did, but yeah. but I, I think they, they they didn't they limit the amount of exposure, wasn't it? Oh gosh, I I, I forget how the deal went down. I don't know if he signed. Uh, let's see here, uh, it's a forty million dollar salary for twenty twenty one and a forty five million dollar salary for twenty twenty two, and he has an opt out after one. So 
uh, yeah, I, I think they absolutely overpaid. But, the, you know, the Dodgers are a team that can afford to do that. They can afford they, – they have the wiggle room, the financial wiggle room to, to make mistakes. Yeah, right now they do. Uh, they just went over the, the – uh, it's not a salary cap. What, what does baseball call it? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there, you know there's some about. sort of yeah. penalty, yeah. Yeah, they just went over it for the first time. And I think the first time you get a warning, you don't actually get get dinged. Um, so uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I think Trevor Bauer had a really good year in a 60-game season. He, he really hasn't had a lot of good years. Maybe he's hitting his stride. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's the case. Um, but I, I think they have some team options, which I definitely would want with Trevor Bauer. He's, he's kind of a wild card, right? I, I, I think it's – if there's a good landing spot for Trevor Bauer, I, I think that's the place, isn't it? Yeah, he certainly doesn't have to be the number one guy. No. Yeah. No, I mean, you got yeah. Bueller and you got Kershaw there. I mean – they look they look really tough. Um, it, it looks like it's you know them and the Padres um, in in the National League, and, and then I don't know if you just saw that the Dodgers also signed Justin Turner to a two year thirty four million dollar contract. Yeah, they signed him with back. a uh, yeah. club option with twenty three. Yeah, 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 which is uh, nice. It keeps it um, it stabilizes their lineup, which you know I, I think in baseball you, you always want you want the same same guys as much as possible playing year after year because it builds familiarity um, within the locker room, within the lineup, with the coaches. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll see on the Trevor Bauer thing. Uh, I, I actually think maybe, you know, yeah, you got Bueller and, and Walker's probably at the beginning of the – or not not Walker, but Kershaw's probably at the beginning of the end. But they got some young guys too that can pitch, they can pitch as well. I mean, May is a, is a really good pitcher and, and – Urias. Tony Gonsolin. Yeah. 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 So they, they have some guys that, um, yeah, they, they have a deep pitching staff. I don't know if it's as deep as San Diego's. Maybe it is. Yeah. They're, they're probably top end. is probably better than San Diego's top end. But yeah, San Diego is, is pretty deep in pitching. If those young guys can can uh, pitch to their potential, uh, that's going to be a good race out in the West. Okay, so let, let, let me just veer off for a second here. But don't you like this? You know, the Padres um, making moves, getting getting Darvish. Um, who else did they pick? They picked up Clevenger and last Snell. year. Blake Snell. Um, and they got Blake Snell. Um, and then the Dodgers coming back and picking up Ballard. Don't you like that kind of stuff? I mean, don't you think, don't you wish that more teams would do this as opposed to, you know, Five or six saying that, hey, we're all in. The rest saying, well, I, I think we're going to try and rebuild. And the problem is, is when you try and do this rebuild and everybody else is doing the rebuild, it just makes it tougher. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, it is good because normally you just see the Red Sox and Yankees do that. Um, but, you know, the, the whole goal, in my mind, in baseball is to get to the playoffs. I mean, that, in the playoffs, anything can happen. I mean, you, you know, Dodgers – spent seven years as the best team in baseball and just won the World Series. So, right. um, yeah, I think the goal is to get to the playoffs and and they take it from there. And um, Okay. So, so so along those lines, so, so tell me how, how are the Pirates trying to get to the playoffs yeah, by getting not. rid of, um, you know, Joe Musgrove and, and, and Josh Bell? I mean, what's their plan? And I, I just – 
to me, they got one of the nicest parks in Major League Baseball. But if they don't want to compete, then let's get owners in there that do want to compete. Yeah, that's a whole other topic. I, I think uh, baseball is, has ownership that really can't afford it. You know what I mean? They, they have um, enough. No, I disagree. I disagree. Oh, I, think? I, I think they can afford it. I, okay. I just think they, they have a certain profit that they want to make. And it, it's business oriented. It's all financial, and it's not really about competing. And they they, they don't they don't care as long as they're making their X amount of money. Which hey, if if you're going to treat it as a business, I guess you should. Hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. And teams like that, if they don't draft well, then they're they're bad for decades. Which uh, the Pirates in the '90s, after the whole Bonds Bonilla thing ran out. Uh, they didn't draft well, and yeah, they were bad for decades. And then, then they went through a period where they did draft really well. They had guys coming up every year that were productive, and you know, McCutcheon won the MVP. They had Garrett Cole, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, when they don't draft well, it's bad. Yeah, it it, it, has a, it must be tough as a GM trying to deal like that. Well, I, I think to Pittsburgh's credit, did, didn't they get uh, a, a new um, a, a new GM this year? So hopefully. They can turn things around, but it's 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 going to be a little bit of time. But you know, just just to make things worse for them, um, Tampa Bay just reacquired Chris Archer, right? Yeah, and, and and if you remember, Pirates traded for him two or three years ago. Gave up uh, Tyler Glass now, and um, who else did they give up there? Austin, Austin Meadows. Meadows. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and now the person they traded for, uh, Chris Archer, has left the Pirates and is back at Tampa. So I, I mean. <laughs> I don't know. It's just there, there's so many low end teams this year um, that it, it, it just it I don't know. It's it's just hard to stomach. Yeah, and I get it. Um, with with the pandemic, there is an unintended consequence that we read about uh, this week, right? What's that? Uh, surplus on bobbleheads. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so. There was a story put out. Um, yeah, when, when was this? Who was this put out by? I, I can't remember, I, but I read it in one of my news apps. And there's, you know, tens of thousands of of uh, major league bobblehead surplus that were fan giveaways. Of course, there were no fans. Um, are are you gonna start looking on on eBay when the team starts selling these things? Or are are you a bobblehead person? Um, I, I, I'll collect the ones that, that I've been to. Um, I have, um, you know, I'm looking right now. I have a Matt Holiday, Chris Carpenter, Whitey Herzog, Willie McGee, um, and, and a David Eckstein bobblehead. Um, what I really wanted to get was a Whitey Herzog garden gnome. Um, that was going to be my favorite, but, but I haven't been able to or wasn't willing to pay the price on eBay. Wait, say um, that but again. the article you're referencing, I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, Whitey Herzog garden gnome? A Hawaii Herzog garden gnome, yes. Okay. You've seen yeah. garden gnomes before, right? Yeah, yeah, I know what they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the article you were referencing, though, was uh, the article you had sent me was an ESPN article about 4 million extra bobbleheads in, from 2020. <laughs> 4 million, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah and, and just to backtrack a little bit, uh, Ben Charrington is still the GM of the Pirates. Okay. Yeah, they have not gotten rid of him yet. So, um, yeah, we'll see what Ben can do. He's, uh, you know, he's in late 40s, uh, went to uh, uh, 
Amherst College. So, uh, you know, he, he's one of those executives that, that, you know, in line of Theo Epstein and um, the uh, Clintac and all those guys that, that doesn't seem to uh, turn things around. I, I would argue that Theo Epstein has some money to deal with, and he went to good, he went to two yeah. good situations. You know, they had yeah, he did, players. right? Yeah, he he walked yeah. into to really two good situations yeah. um, in in Boston and Chicago. But you look at both of those teams now, and you know they're they're what I would consider. Let's going back to our point, big market teams that are trying to do rebuilds now. I mean, look look at what the Cubs just did. I mean, they're they're pleading. They were supposed to have this dynasty. Um, they yeah. did win one World Series, which I I still regret. But after that, they they've kind of faded off. And they're probably the first team this year, right, that they non-tendered two of their number one draft choices, that being um, Kyle Schwarber and uh, Albert Elmora. Um, again, who does that? Yeah, and, and I think Elmora, um, I, I think Schwarber, we're kind of seeing who he really is. He is the hitter of the 2020s, which is, put the ball out of the park, strike out either one we're indifferent to. Um, but I don't know if – man, Al Moro's a guy – I don't never, I don't think he got enough at bats. I, I, I think he, he just got signed by the Mets. Yes. Yeah. If he can find some at bats, I, I think he's a good player. But, I mean, what the hell do I know? I, he, he just couldn't play consistently enough. Madden just wouldn't play him. But we'll see. if let's see if he can get some at bats. We can get 400 bats with the Mets – I think he's probably pretty good, right? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, they, they were both. I think uh, uh, Elmora was the number one draft choice by the Cubs in 2012 and Schwarber in 2014, um, and, and neither one of them were tendered contracts, which yeah. I, I, just, I just find unbelievable. I mean, it's great for me as a Cardinals fan, but, you know, as far as a baseball fan or a Cubs fan, you've got to be wondering what the hell's going on. Yeah, uh, and Schwarber was supposed to be this – a really good hitter. 16 was his rookie year. Then he, he got hurt. And then he actually started in the world series lineup. <laughs> he came out of yeah. nowhere. Right. Yeah. So, um, I think, he, I think Madden had a bad lead off for some games, which I, I thought was odd, but whatever. Um, yeah. So it, it, we'll see with the Cubs. I, I really don't have any empathy for them too. Cause I, I think they had so much talent. They didn't know what to do with. And, uh, you know, I'm always a believer that people like, to know where they're going to work every day. And if they would have set the lineup, I, I think they, they, yeah, I, I think they probably would have won more games than they, than they did. Um, I, I don't think they ever really dealt with their pitching. No, you're right. Yeah. Um, and as a Phillies fan, you know all about that, right? What? Not dealing with pitching. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know all about that. We, I think we just, I think the Phillies just signed Kinsler. They signed Brandon Kinsler. Oh, I, I don't no, know. That's no. a great question. I don't no, know. No, they not Kinsler. They signed someone else. Um, Wait, they, they they had Archie Bradley. Archie Bradley, yeah. yeah. They're all the same to me. I don't. They're guys that like they really can't close games, but you can't pitch them too long. And yeah, yeah, I'm sure he's good, Archie Bradley. We'll see. Yeah. Um, well, well, no. Well, you know what? They do have. Uh, I'm looking here. Archie Bradley is, I guess, slated to be their closer. But they did. They did pick up uh, Brandon Kinsler. Did they? All right. I, I thought they just yeah. picked him up. Yeah. Uh, so then we got Bradley and Kinsler, and we'll see. 
Yeah. I mean, Hector Neris, we have him. They're, they're guys that can pitch well, but throughout the week, between the three of them, they're probably going to lose two and a half games a week on their own. Well, here's here, here's the thing, right? you you, you got to figure out of all the, the arms that they have, somebody's got to hit. The, the problem is is how many games you have to, uh, to, to suffer through in the ninth inning before that one guy does hit. And I, I think last year it was the whole season you had to suffer through it, right? Oh, yeah. It was historically bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not joking. It was a, yeah, historically bad bullpen. So I uh, really the bar's so low. Whatever. Yeah, it would come up a little bit, but I, I, I still think the Phillies have a lot of holes, and we've talked about this before. They're they're not yeah. addressing yet. Um. Yeah, yeah, I, they're still gonna be 500 ish. That's that's where they're gonna be. They are who they are. Um. Yeah, let's get off that sad topic on a. Valentine's Day. Yeah, sorry. I'm sorry, yeah. sorry to divert you there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we have some Bush League updates for those who are listening. Uh, we have a, a Zoom winter meeting scheduled for the 28th of February, which is a Sunday what at time? noon. Noon? I think it's at noon. Noon time. Okay. Um, and th- there was some bargaining going on with that. I had to sell a couple people to change their plans or soften their plans a little bit to get this thing um get this deal done uh and then you found a draft venue correct yeah yeah kind of yeah. share that um so, so so the leading right now um i guess the leading location is um a hilton garden inn in hummelstown pennsylvania which is um right outside of hershey and what we talked about was was hershey as a location because um uh, Bob Kirk and his son Sam, who is at State College, um, are willing to come to the draft, but Bob doesn't want to go more than two hours away from State College because he has to take Sam um, back to school. So we thought that um, Hershey would co- kind of be um, a great place for everybody because I think it's two hours from, from Maryland for Bill, um, hour and a half from southeastern Pennsylvania where most of the owners are. Um, how far is it from you? 45 uh, minutes? Yeah, less than an hour. Okay, and for Berks County boys, um, probably about a little over an hour. So, um, this Hilton Garden Inn. Um, when I spoke to to the woman there, uh, the room is probably oh gosh, what do my notes say here? Um, about 950 square feet, which is which is perfect because um, you and I had calculated that we needed um, 360, which would give all of us uh, ample space, but that would be kind of cube shaped. And if we wanted to do a U format, we needed more space. So this Hilton Garden Inn um, has 950 square feet. Um, they have AV equipment. Um, it would be $250 to rent uh, the meeting room, which is $25 per person. But the most important thing is that they would allow us to bring in alcohol and food, which a lot of hotels that have bars there would not allow. So. Um, for those of us that um, tend to imbibe during the uh, the draft, um, that cuts the cost down significantly. Yeah, and I, allowing food and drinks is huge. Yeah, that's 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 huge. Um, yeah, because of the other places we looked at when we looked at hotels, um, the cost was manageable to rent the room, but the cost of getting just water in these rooms was yeah. you know, that they were deal killers right there. Yeah. 
How, how ridiculous. Um, the one, the cheapest place that I found, I, I had a contact right outside of uh, Eagle View where, where Rick lives. Um, the woman was, was willing to let us rent the, the room um, for $150 um, or $100 and bring in alcohol and food. problem was is that um, the room was only 350 square feet. And if there weren't a pandemic, I would say, hey, let's have at it. Um, that would be a great location. Um, and maybe next year, maybe there's something we do going forward. Um, but it was just too small for, for this year. Yeah, um, but yeah. A, a real, real, real quickly, a, a funny story um, is that the woman asked me, "Is this room for business, or is it, uh, you know, is it a what, what kind of group is it?" And I kind of sheepishly told her, "I said we're a fantasy baseball league. Have you ever heard of it?" <laughs> and she goes, "Oh yeah, my husband's in a fantasy baseball league, and my dad." has been in a league forever. And I said, well, how long is forever? She goes, oh, it's probably gone back to the 80s. And I said, really? So we actually had a long conversation um, about fantasy baseball. And she goes, yeah, I understand. You know, it's predicated upon the season starting. Just give me a couple days notice if you need to cancel. And uh, But she was, uh, she was pretty big into, uh, or supporting at least, fantasy baseball league. Yeah, you should reach back out to her, develop that rapport still in uh... – uh, see if we can get her dad on the podcast. I will. I'll, yeah. I'll, you know, I want to see because, you know, I, I, I was close to saying, hey, we are the oldest uh, fantasy baseball league in continuing existence in the world. Well, <laughs> I, I say that all the time until someone can prove it different. Then Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. All so right, so, so we're, we're, we're asking people out there, prove us wrong. <laughs> Even then, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're in a pretty good spot um, for the draft venue. Uh, it's it's it cost. Uh, the cost is a good good price. Um, we can stay over if we'd like to for a hundred bucks, and then um, yeah. yeah, it's it's a good location. So we're in a really good spot for this draft, and uh, um, yeah. So as we move forward, we'll we'll. Uh, We'll, we'll bring it up in the winter meetings and see where everybody kind of falls on that. Perfect. All right. Uh, speaking about the 2020 season, uh, I, I imagine you're starting to build lists and go through data and, and develop a, you know, a shell of a plan. Uh, what are you doing with the 2020 stats? How are you dealing with those numbers? Um, that's really tough. And, and, and I'm not doing a very good job because, um, it, 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 it's hard. Do you just extrapolate from last season, which is such an anomaly? Um, you know, 60 games over a 162 game season. I, I guess that's really. Um, I guess what I would do is take 2.7, um, multiply it by 2.7 for last year to get a projected stats, a full year stats. And I don't know if you can just do that with some players because 60 games is, is just. Just so such a small sample size in a full Major League Baseball season. I mean, you, you touched upon Trevor Bauer. I mean, he looked really good over 60 games, which what for him was 10, 12 starts or something like that. Can you do that over the course of the baseball grind? And I'm just having a real hard time trying to, to look at the 2020 stats and see, you know, what do they mean for 2021? And I think the answers I'm coming up with is, for some players, uh, you can extrapolate. For others, you can't. So, guy like Christian Yelich, who had yeah, well, uh, you know, I, I'll tell you, I'm 
I'm discounting Kristen Yelich. Um, I know his strikeout rate went from about 20% to 30%, but I'm still going to retain him. So um, I'm going to save everybody some time. No need to research him. I'm retaining him this year. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it, it is tough because you you don't know. You kind of have to kind of guess whether Bauer is – did he find himself and this is going to continue? for a six month season or is this normal for him that he has two months where he pitches really well, but the other four months are pretty average. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I find it difficult as well. And, and, uh, but it'll be interesting when we, when these players come up that had decent years that are younger, what kind of salary they're going to push to, you know, what kind of auction salary they're going to push to. You know, and you know who uh, I I'm talking agree. about, right? Yeah. You know the guy I'm talking about. Who's the guy I'm talking about? Uh, I don't know who you're talking about. Mike Yastrzemski. Pull me in. <laughs> we'll see. Yes, that's right. How good I people told you think he is. I told you a dollar ninety because anything less than I'm in. Dollar ninety. Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see when we get there. Everybody can say I pay dollar ninety for anyone <laughs> in February. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Uh, so we did have some winter meeting notes, uh, and, and we're not going to talk about all of them, uh, but I, I wanted to, uh, talk about yours. Uh, you, I think one of your notes was, uh, retention from 2019 final rosters as previously agreed, right? So we're going to keep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yes. And, and I don't, I don't think there's any problem with that. I think we voted on that last year before this, this thing's, before we had our snake draft. Um, so yeah, I think we're good with that. And you brought up the, the question about the, keep the new scoring categories, which was OPS. And what was the other one? Or OPS? Uh, that was a great question. I don't remember what the other one no, was. We talked about I'm not something. voting for the other one, but I like OPS. <laughs> right. So OPS instead of batting average. OPS yeah, I'm, be, I'm behind that. I mean, that kind of brings us into the 21st century. I, I think that was last year. Um, Tom is the one that had proposed um, that category last year, and I think I, I think we liked it. I, I would vote yes to switch, still keep a five by five league, but substitute OPS um, for batting average. And why just beyond? Let's move into the twenty first century. Beyond that response, why? Um, I, I think it's a little bit broader stat in that it. It weighs, I guess, power and walks a little bit more than, than than just batting average. You know, as you know, batting average. There's a fair bit of luck that's involved in batting average, and you know, because of the stat of a BABIP, batting average balls in play. And with with, with, with the game turning toward you know home runs um, or you know the three true outcomes: home runs, strikeouts, and walks. Um, I, I just like the idea uh, of having OPS, which is but slugging percentage, on-base percentage, and slugging percentage added together. So do you think uh, it, there's more luck involved in getting a hit or more luck involved in getting a walk? Uh, getting a hit. Really? Yeah. So you, you think that the fact that someone there's a human being behind the catcher deciding on whether that's a ball or a strike is less of a factor than someone putting a ball – in the field of play where there's no one there. 
Um, I, I mean, I certainly would love to see a game that was, you know, more of putting the ball in play than I, I think the game of, of home runs and strikeouts is terribly boring and is losing people. Um, I'll stick with the game because I'm, I'm so old, but yeah. um, I, I, I look for the day that, you know, that pitchers only had strikeouts, uh, average seven strikeouts a game or something like that as opposed to nine. Um, and, but they put the ball in the play, and the games were over in two, two and a half hours as opposed to three hours, three-plus yeah. hours. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think I, I don't have any quantitative data behind this. It's just an opinion. But I, I think good teams put the ball in play. I think teams who win over a six-month period put the ball in play. Um, I, I think you talked about that. I think you particularly um, highlighted that in postseason play. Yeah, they definitely win. Yeah, they put the ball in play. Because yeah, there's more, there's more a chance of getting on base when you put the ball in play. Well, there's no chance when you strike out, right? Correct. There's, yeah, there's no chance when you swing and miss. Don't move the runner. Just it's 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 a bad game. Yeah, um, and then you if, also if you want if you want that go to the local little league. <laughs> yeah, which I'm I'm coaching a little league team this year. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> that should be good. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna secretly film that, and put it on YouTube. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm just an assistant. I just, you know, contacted the Lancaster City Rec and, you know, emailed them, and they put me at a 12 and under. And um, yeah, well, I already had one, one thing uh, where I went to to kind of evaluate kids, and um, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. I, I just, you know, I, I think. I'm, I told the guy I can help with defense and hitting. That's kind of my specialty. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll my, see. my recommendations for the whatever team that you manage or help coach, uh, those players better wear their stirrups the right way. Right. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Today I'm picking up uh, wooden gloves. I had uh, my mom's <laughs> my mom's husband cut out wooden gloves out of plywood. I used them when I was in junior college, and it's really good for a 12 year old to learn how to field a baseball. Because okay. you have yeah. to do it properly. Or, or, and, and if you don't do it properly, number one, you won't pick it up, and number two, it'll sting your hand. So it mm. helps you develop soft hands. So anyway. There you go. Uh, okay, and then you mentioned about the Bush League trip, which you you put in there doubtful, but you know, uh, I think you and I talked about maybe Pittsburgh in late August to kind of put that as a, on a soft schedule. Yeah, a um, couple reasons for that. Number one, um, it, it, it's fairly local, and I know you go out to Pittsburgh. And number two, you don't have to fly. So um, I think that makes it a, a, a little bit easier. And number three, the end of August, um, Cardinals are playing out there. So yeah. that, that kind of meets all of the requirements. And, and that North Shore area where, where the stadium is, that, that's, that's gorgeous there. Yeah, oh, yeah, it, it is a great venue. It's one of the best venues in baseball. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree yeah. with you. Hey, can I just jump back for – we don't have to go through all of these in terms of uh, rule changes. I just wanted to hit upon one that, that I feel very strongly about and, and we'll, we'll bring up in the winter meetings next week. And um, I think you had put a point out there about expanded rosters, reserve round rosters. Yeah. Um, um, I, me, I, I actually want to go the opposite way with that. And, and, and I tried in 2019. Um, I think currently we have, what, 12 reserve spots? Uh, and well, I, normally, do we have twelve? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I thought, yeah, we we, we moved to twelve, and now we had, you know, we have ten 
team owners, that's 120 spots. You know, before we had um, eight owners with 10 spots, that was 80. So what we've done is we've taken out, you know, 40 spots. And where I think this is key is I, I like the fab process in season. And, you know, with, with the more players you keep in the reserve round, um, the harder it becomes during fab or the less active uh, the fab period becomes. And um, I, I think, number one, fab is fun. And number two is players that don't do so well, owners that don't do so well during the draft have a chance to salvage their season through fab. Through fab. And uh, I just think if we, if we add more reserve rounds, it, it just makes that whole process. We're, we're basically saying, hey, don't screw up the draft or your season's over. Yeah, all right. I, I see where you're coming with that. And maybe that could be your little marketing mantra. Fab is fun. Oh, it will be. Fab is, fab fun, is fun, people. Fab is fun in 2021. There you go. <laughs> um, fab is not a four-letter word. Yeah, I see where you're going with that. I, I think that um, I, I'd have to look at the past couple years, the final draft rosters, and I think many people left – a lot of rosters, I don't want to say a lot of, more than a handful of roster spots open at the end of the draft. Um, so maybe having 12 really really is kind of not the not what we should do because people only pick eight players anyway. Yeah. Do you understand yeah. what I mean? I, I mean, yeah. there was probably only one owner that, that sold all 12 spots, and that was, uh, I think Tom, that was Tom Freeze. Yeah. And the other side of the coin is, Good for Tom. I mean, he took a risk on picking somebody in the fab, and if it worked out for him three months later, good for him. Yeah. Right? And he, I mean, he had the he had the instinct to, to pick a player that wasn't on a major league roster yet, and it worked out. So, yeah, I, I, I get both sides. When I brought up the expanded reserve roster, I meant that you could – if I have three starting pitchers out with COVID, I don't have to cut them to get a starting pitcher in the roster. Do you understand what I mean? So, so, mm, I'm not sure if I do. So if you have, let's just say, 12 people in your reserve around, I have 12 what, spots. what are you saying? I have, let's say I have 12 reserve spots, right? Yep. And I get, three of my active pitchers are on a COVID protocol. Okay. For That's at least 10 days, right? So it, well, I, I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the protocol will be with with that. I mean, different from IL. Well, yeah, but I mean, just going off of social norms, it looks like people are quarantined for ten days after they okay. right after they after tracing or they pop positive or whatever. So I just meant that I could pick up a couple pitchers to replace them without having to cut anyone. It's similar to football has an IR roster. So, it, but okay, so 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 that's where I would say I, I hear what you're saying, but that's part of the fun, right? Because now you need to make a decision on you, you know it, it, if you have more players, then you can have it both ways. Um, but here you have to make a decision: it, does this person, first of all, do they reveal he has COVID? How is it going to affect this person? And do I keep him? on my roster and maybe take a zero for a couple of weeks or do I drop him, completely cut him and go out into the free agent market and pick up somebody. I think it makes players, it makes owners think uh, a little bit harder. 
yeah, I, I get that with an injury, but with a virus, I, I mean, I mean, look at look at your team. Look at your team last year. You you had, I don't want to say a third of your team, but the Cardinals missed like five games. Yeah, yeah, I, I got smacked. I got smacked around pretty good. And, it's, it's, and then when those games come back, they're, they're part of double headers, and they're not playing in double headers. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah, so it's. I think it's just because of the virus, not because you know they had an ACL injury. I got you. Yeah, I got you. So that that's where I was coming from. Um, the other one I brought up is allow daily roster changes, not daily fab, but allow daily roster changes. So allows you well, to get a well, full roster it, at any one time because of COVID. That's, that's a perfect point. And I was going to follow up with that. And, and you hit on it here that, yeah, um, I, I, I think we're going to find it hard for, for a lot of players. They, they think it takes too much time to make daily Roster moves, like you said, not daily fab, not daily because fab. the fab will still be weekly. Yeah. But daily roster moves, which would kind of be the nice in between point. Uh, I'm definitely, I'm definitely behind uh, that kind of movement, and I'm going to say that we probably have at least two other, three other owners that would probably side that way because they play in daily leagues. Yeah, daily roster changes, not daily fab, but daily roster changes. Yep. And I verified it on CBS, and we we can do this. Uh, I'm voting yes on that, 100 percent yes. And then the only other it has one. my support. <laughs> okay. The only other one I want to talk about is bring back the Bush League report. Okay. Yeah. And I'm willing to collect, consolidate, and issue the report every year. So one of the things that I told you I was going to do was start to create a Bush League website, which, you know, I've been terribly busy doing nothing. Um, so maybe I'll have to start looking at that. But that would be a perfect place to post those, those, those articles. But uh, um, I'm behind that one as well. Okay. All right, and then the other ones we can we can cover, uh, you know, as we as we get through. the other, The other thing I noticed is that there are a few players that were DH only in the National League. Um, probably have to use them as a utility spot until they get enough games yes. for another position. But yep, um, it, it was a handful of players. It wasn't a lot. Yeah, it definitely wasn't a lot. Uh, but there is an owner that wants to uh, add the DH. Well, think we need to call it a dh we basically have two dhs now and a utility player yeah, right? yeah. that's what i would say yeah um yeah so th- there are some interesting interesting uh questions to be brought up when we have our um when we have our winter meetings and and we'll kind of see where it goes yeah sounds sounds good um i guess you're going to be the master of ceremonies on uh on this uh zoom call so that should be interesting i think we're going to have people all over the place on that thing going to be fun yeah and and uh i'll, I'll set out some guidelines prior Do's and yeah I'll, 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 i i guess my preparation for that will be to have a couple bloody marys before we start okay <laughs> all, right. all right which uh speaking about that uh we have uh i have a new beer that i'm i'm showcasing okay. uh also uh our beer showcase which is that's what it's titled now we have a sponsor it's brought to you by schaefer schaefer the one beer to have if you're having more than one um <laughs> Which, if you're unsure, they nice. still do make and distribute Schaefer. So really, yes, huh? Yeah. Uh, today's okay. today's beer is from the new uh, New Belgium Brewing Company in Fort Collins, Colorado. Voodoo Ranger. Yay! Voodoo Yay. Ranger. I got a American Haze. It's an IPA. Have you ever seen these cans? These Voodoo. Yeah, Ranger? I have. Love these I cans. Have. Yes. Yeah. New New Belgium doesn't does a nice job. Let me tell you. Uh, this is one of my favorite all-time beers now. 
It's it's an IPA uh, ale. It, I, I guess it's an. It looks like an ale. Um, it it's cool, man. It's it's right on. I, I'm not using words that are descriptive. I'm using slang and jargon. Um, but it's it's light, but it has a great taste. A great taste. Yeah. Uh, it, it, so I think I've had this before. You said it's American Haze IPA. Is, is it, so it's a hazy IPA. So it's yeah, it looks, like it, a, it looks hazy. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, it looks like a like the what's the beer you put the orange in? Um, those, the, yeah. well, it, yeah, it could be like a wheat beer. It could be like the, uh, the, like blue moon or something like that. It looks like that, but it doesn't taste like it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Right. Well, the hazy IPAs are more like, uh, I, I guess they're also known as new England IPAs and they have, they had a b- bit of, uh, lac- let me make sure I had get this right. The lactose in those, or you hear them as milkshake IPAs. And yeah, they, they're a little bit smoother than your normal IPAs. So I think it's a little bit more. Sessionable. Okay. Yeah, it it's very smooth. Yeah, it's okay. Um, it's kind of like a weaker version of like again. I have limited knowledge in this, but my favorite beer is the sixty minute Dogfish. Yeah. And okay. It's, it's kind of like a little lighter version of that. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, a great can. Great looking can. It's got a you know the 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 guy that with the skull and it's got a jean jacket vest and the guitar and the American flag and um, yeah it's cool it's cool looking so excellent yeah I chose it because of the can that's how I pick stuff <laughs> does it look cool if it looks cool it probably is cool right there so, you go yeah. there you go marketing's everything yeah so I'm gonna put I'm gonna start putting a picture of this stuff when we uh, when we post our podcast on the on um on Twitter and oh, and uh, hashtag it and all that other stuff. Great beer, Voodoo Ranger. Uh, okay, great, well done. Yeah, so um, so that's two for this year, right? I did the uh, Sierra. Keep going, man. Yeah, Keep yeah, going. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, the, I'm a little unsure why it doesn't come in bottles anymore. Why why does why does this stuff come in bottles? It comes in cans. Uh, um, I I think. Um, they have canning down, um, they being brewers down, um, it's, it's, it's cheaper and I think it lasts longer. Um, you can store those in a lot of different places where, you know, beer is affected by sunlight. That's why you see a lot of bottles, um, brown bottles. So the light doesn't get to it, which can skunk a beer pretty quickly. But I, I think with the, um, with the cans, um, the new technology is much better for storage and a lot cheaper. So we, we've improved cans that hold beer, but we still can't improve cellophane. That's what we learned today. Well, that today. brings everything full cycle. <laughs> That's what we learned today. Um, okay, today in baseball history, uh, 1986, Doc Gooden, Dwight Gooden, the Mets signed him to a one-year, $1.32 million contract to avoid arbitration. Doc becomes the youngest millionaire in Major League history, 21 years old. Wow. Yeah. I did not know that. Here's did I. Uh, yeah, Gooden had a kind of a strange career, and, and – I mean, it's widely publicized as to why. Uh, he ended up with 194 wins, almost 2,300 strikeouts. Good never won a postseason game. Does that surprise you? Is that, is that right? Yeah. During their 1986 and 88 runs, he, he never won a postseason game? He never won that, a postseason yes, that, game. Yeah. That's completely surprising. And when you, when you think about Doc Gooden, what are you, what's your initial 
memory. Um, so, so, so here's 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 what I remember is um, I had him in his 1985 season. Although I didn't win the Bush League, when he went 24 and four, yeah, and had that one point was it one point five three ERA, yeah, um, he was just absolutely you know phenomenal. I guess that was his second year it as was. a 20 year old. Yeah, and he won the he won the Cy Young Award that year, I believe. He did. He did win the Cy Young. Yep. Uh, he had 268 strikeouts, uh, 16 complete games, 153 ERA, uh, 35 starts. Yeah, uh, as a 20 year old. Um, yeah, won the Cy Young. And um, yeah, he was what I he won it over John Tudor. Tudor finished second. Uh, yeah, Tudor had a great year that year as well. What I Got remember the, the playoffs, the World Series. What I remember about Doc Gooden is that curveball. Yeah, yeah, that curveball was nasty, man. Yeah, that was a nasty curveball. Um, you know what? Here's the thing. Um, you know, he ran into some 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 drug and alcohol problems, I guess, in his career, and I just wonder if you know if he played in in this this current era, if, if there were programs that could have probably helped him manage through that process and maybe he could have prolonged his career or made it even a better career than, than what he had. Yeah, looking back on it, I mean, and, and they were young. They mean, I meant the Mets. The Mets were a young team uh, with Gooden, uh, Strawberry, uh, some young players, Dykstra, Backman was young. But yep. looking back 20-plus years later, uh, I, I I probably think they had some sort of leadership problem in that in that organization because th- there were some guys that that were kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So when it, when you got a whole you got one guy, it's one guy. When you have groups in an organization, it's the organization that that maybe is the problem. Uh, one of the things that stuck out with me in that 1985 season where you mentioned a, that he won the Cy Young. Uh, in the top seven vote getters of Cy Young, there were four 20 game winners. Wow, you don't see that again. Yeah. So you- hey, let me just go. Let me just go back for a second. Yeah. Um, I, I I would tread lightly, and I would not pick on crazy organizations from the 80s. Okay. <laughs> why? Why? Did you say why? Yeah. Uh, we just need to look at ourselves back in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, but no one was managing me. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So there were four 20 game winners and uh, that finished in the top seven Dwight Gooden, John Tudor, uh, Joaquin Andahar, and Tom, yeah. Tom Browning. Tom Browning won 20 games that year. There you go. You're... Yay. And then uh, 2014, today in baseball history, the Braves spend some cash. Uh, they signed Jason Hayward to a two-year, $13 million deal, and Freddie Freeman to an eight-year, $135 million deal, making Freeman the highest brave uh, player in, in in organization's history. Um, this, this is what I found interesting. They're both from a, the 2007 draft. So the Braves drafted them in 2007. That, that's, a, that's a big hit in 2007. They, they hit gold on that. Um, they also drafted... Craig Kimball and Brandon Belt in that draft. Wow. Yeah. Now, Kimball wow. didn't sign with them. He signed the next year when they drafted him, and Belt didn't sign with them either. But they recognized those players as major league players, and 
uh, whoever was the scouting director in 2014 for the Bra- or 2007 for the Braves did a hell of a job. So let, let's let's just take uh, a second. Let's let's jump jump back. Uh, Freddie Freeman, you know, when he signed that contract, 135 million over eight years. That's an average annual value of seven, about 17, a little bit less than 17 million dollars a year. I'm yeah. sure people at the time thought that that was pretty high. How does that look in uh, in under the 2021 lens? Looks pretty good, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it looks pretty cheap. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Uh, so 2014, eight years. He's coming to the end of this. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, and he's a heck of a player. Uh, and uh, ironically, that they. they they signed Hayward the same day, and they traded him the next year. I think they trade him the next year to the Cardinals. Um, I want to say he was a Cardinal in fifth. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah, yeah. so fourteen yep. they signed him, fifteen yep. they trade him. I think for Shelby Miller was the other big player in that deal. So, yeah, um, I guess neither team made out. I don't know. Maybe they did. Uh, yeah, so it's a pretty light day in baseball history, but I, I thought they were two interesting, interesting topics to to cover. Yeah. All right. Uh, what are you walking off with today? Um, two things. Uh, number one is if anybody has a chance to go out there, and I think you read this at the same time I did, is that Major League Baseball, in an article uh, published by Sports Illustrated, admitted that um, that the baseballs were, quote, juiced, that they've actually changed um, the baseball um, in, in these past couple of years. And um, the article for me was very, I guess it was very heavy on science, which was hard, was very hard for me to read. In fact, I couldn't get through it. But the gist of it was that they did change the baseball. But once again, what it points out to me on a more humanistic level is just how baseball is. And I think I've used this term before. Uh, ownership is just so cloak and dagger with this stuff. Just come out and admit it. I think we would all prefer the baseballs being juiced as opposed to the players. <laughs> yeah, and and I read the same article, and I p- actually pushed through it, even though I I couldn't remember a lot of it. But one of the things that stuck out with me is Rawlings, who makes makes the baseballs. I guess there's a difference between if they artificially dry the ball because they have to wet the leather to get it, you know, around to to yeah. stitch it. If yep. they let it naturally dry, the stace the laces stay high. When they artificially dry the ball, it flattens the laces out. Okay. So when they were using those, they were making those balls, uh, and they had to make a lot more because they wanted to use the the major league balls in AAA, and and um, uh, so it flattened the laces out. Which I guess this physicist, I guess she's a physicist, said that well that yes. causes the the ball to be more aerodynamic. Mm-hmm. Right, and it forces the pitchers to change grips on breaking pitches. Um, so yeah, they were using the word "juiced," and I don't know. I think that was to catch the reader's eye. I don't know if it was "juiced" as much as it was the way they made the ball change the aerodynamics of the yeah. baseball. Yeah. yeah, and again, yeah, they they could have just said, "Hey, look, we have to make more. It's going to flatten the laces out. We're going to kind of see how this goes." Yeah, they should have been more open. Baseball, I'm meaning, should have been more open to saying, hey, it, it, there may be some changes in how these things fly out. Um, and I, it was kind of cloak and dagger in the sense that this scientist who was doing the study was was getting baseballs from uh, team 
employees who didn't want to be named. Like they, they wouldn't even they'd mail her to baseballs and wouldn't put a return address on it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, well, I guess there was a fear for retribution. Yeah. And uh, my sense is, is, is baseball's just taking a page out of the NFL's playbook. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, that's a playbook no one should take a page out of. <laughs> Jeez. Um, hey, the last thing the yeah. last thing I'm going to walk off with, if, if you were done there, is that I'm still looking for investors. Uh, I think I'm going to enter a team in NFBC, uh, which stands for, I think it's the National Fantasy Baseball Contest. Um, it's $50 dues, and so it only costs $50, but I, I think that I'm going to enter this. And so what this allows people to do, you know, if you contribute at least $5, it gives you the chance to uh, lampoon me during the season when my team is in 10th place out of 12. So um, anybody that wants to contribute, uh, please do. What's the ROI? What are you walking off with? Well, hold on. I have a question. What's the ROI on that? Um, well, I, I, I think that uh, there's, so it's, it's a 12-team league, um, and the dues are $50. So uh, the prize money is only 500 So I think the, the contest itself keeps $100. And the winner gets, I think it's 400 and second place gets 100 So okay. the return the return is not going to be all that significant should I not uh, finish first or second. But if you finish first and second and I invest, you know, 50% of that, then uh, it, it might pay. It, it'll defer a lot of costs of a trip to Pittsburgh. Um, yeah. I mean, you, right? you'll certainly get your, your payback. Um, I may take skim some off the top for myself to support the show. But, um... <laughs> well, pay, to pay for the turnpike toll. That's what, yeah. <laughs> that's why you need to win. It just went up again. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, yeah. So I, I just want to put a disclaimer out there. You know, my past performance is, is not uh, indicative of future returns. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'll definitely invest with you. And then I, I won't berate you though. I'll just ask you how we're doing. Yeah. Uh, same thing. Same thing coming from you. Yeah. <laughs> what are you uh, walking off with? I, I, it, it, it dawned on me this year that we're coming into a 20 years since we've been in Iraq and Afghanistan. Oof. Think about that. 20 years. Now, granted, we don't have a lot of troops in there now, but if you're in there, I mean, yeah, we, we have some. Um, and it just, it dawned on me, like 20 years, it's a whole generation of, of kids who were born and we've, we've been involved in this. Um, yeah. And, you know, uh, Rick and I have been there, uh, both places and, and, you know, you, you have, you have family that have, have been in both of these places. And, um, I, 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 two things. One is I want to thank all the sacrifice that these families have gone through. And I, when I listen to baseball players and basketball players, how hard it is to live in a bubble and play baseball. And I think like, like, dude, you don't even know how hard something mm. is. Right. Good like, point. I, I don't want to hear about, you know, I haven't seen my family in two weeks cause I'm living in Florida. Like that's a big difference, man. So when, when I hear about them complaining, I, I, I have a different perspective on, and you do as well. I mean, you you have family members as well and that, you know, it's a little different perspective when you're missing your family and you're in Florida and missing your family when you're in a country that everyone hates you. Um, so I, I just wanted to go out that and, and, uh, and I did have some kind of empathy too, for these folks. I mean, 20 years is a long time, man. I mean, two decades, right. That we've been there and, and hopefully, uh, 
we, we could just we could pull out of there and, and, and get the heck out. I, I when I thought about it I, I think like it it'd be like your cousin that came to stay with you for the summer and then never left. <laughs> like you gotta get the hell out. Uh I, I think all has been done in there. But twenty years is a long time, man, and, and um uh you know, as much as as uh you could you know, you appreciate what people have done. I think a lot of it is appreciate the families who had to deal with that while their there's their wife or, or their husband is overseas and you know, you got everything to deal with at home. Um but it just dawned on me twenty years is a long time. Long time. Um Yeah, well well said. All right. So we got two weeks and then we come back with the um the Bush League winter meetings. Yes. Twenty eighth. And then, that is correct. Yeah, you and I will meet on um, you and I will meet on Monday to hold the podcast. Unless people are staying over, or no, never mind. Disregard that. Uh, you and I will meet on Monday to hold the podcast, and then uh, yes. we'll go from there. Uh, moving ahead, we're going to probably push this to uh, depending on baseball what they do. We might keep it at at two day or two times a month, and then once we get going. Uh, we'll be back to once a week and looking to have that's own, the plan. owners on. Yeah, that's the plan in March. We'll be on weekly. So uh, everybody uh, uh, rate and review. All right, Give man. Five stars, please. All right, so uh, uh, special Valentine's shout-out to Ellis Valentine. Our, our, Ellis uh, Valentine. Our player of the, of the day. All right, buddy, got anything and- else? Nope, and our Cupid, uh, Don Zimmer. That was a great one. I the appreciate that. The late Don Zimmer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, picture him naked. That'll, that'll give you a nice Monday morning wake-up. <laughs> All right, see you, Chief. All right, Chief.